Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining. This is Seeking Sustainability Live. I'm JJ Walsh, your host in Hiroshima, Japan. And today I am talking with Ken Mukai. Ken is in Niyodogawacho in Kochi in Shikoku Island, Japan. Thanks for joining, Ken. Oh, thanks for having us. Uh, it's a nice opportunity for us to share what we've got going on here and、uh, real excited to. To tell you guys all about it. Yeah, very exciting. And、uh, let's talk a little bit about your backstory.、Uh, you guys were living in California. You visited Japan a few times, and then you suddenly decided to go to this beautiful area of Niodogawa and start a business. Tell us about it.、Uh, actually, that needs to be clarified a bit.、Um, So, we're originally from,、uh, or I'm originally from Los Angeles area, and、uh, my wife's from Tokyo.、Okay. I grew up in LA and,、uh, you know, did the whole school thing. And、uh, my first experience is after I graduated, and I did the JEP program, so I taught English. And、uh, I went to Shimane Prefecture.、Um, You know, which is、uh, on the Sea of Japan side, very rural, and、uh, probably went to the most rural spot in Shimane, which is the Oki Islands,、uh, which is well into the Sea of Japan. And this is about 30 years ago now. So,、uh, you know, very beginnings of.、Uh, Japan getting used to foreigners in those kind of areas, and I look like them. <laughs> uh, you know, my ancestry is Japanese, but I'm、uh, fourth generation Japanese American.、Uh, so it was quite an experience.、I、had a tough time at first, but came to love Japan,、uh, especially because of the such nice people over there、um, and the food, the nature, the you know, everything about Japan I, I found that I loved. Um, and it was, I came back to, I went after two years there. I went to, I came back to Los Angeles and I was a teacher uh, and uh, a high school chemistry teacher in public school. And I, so I would spend my summers often in Japan,、uh, mostly going back to Shimane Prefecture. Uh, but uh, I got involved with some. I've always been involved with sports, or at least historically, not so much anymore. And、uh, I got involved in a basketball youth、uh, exchange program、uh, in which we take American youths to Japan、uh, to do basketball exchange. And we took families, and、um, our groups were as large as over 100 people. And uh, we would uh, go from Uh, to different cities, different, different areas, one of which was、uh, Oki Islands in Japan, but、uh, another one was、um, in Kochi. And、uh, I found that Kochi was、uh, really rural,、uh, which I really liked, and、uh, had great food, had a great, had a great drinking culture too, which I really liked. And,、uh, you know, it was just a lot of fun. And so after that, that was about, that was more than 20 years ago, probably closer to 25 years ago that we did that exchange. 
And so I, you know, I would spend a lot of my summers going to Kochi. And, uh, you know, and then I eventually met my wife um, and we got married and settled also in Los Angeles. Um, and we together we, we would travel, uh, you know, to Kochi, also to Shimano, of course, and throughout Japan. Um, and we would do this often, like, you know, summer, we always had a summer break, so we would take a trip to Japan and try different places. But usually, you know, round, head through、uh, the Oki Islands and then also through Kochi, which are very far away from each other, but always worth the trip. And、uh, about, so how did we get here, right? So, how we got here was,、um, and we had been in Nyodogacho、uh, before, we'd actually、uh, camped.、Uh, there's a lot of campgrounds here, and we had camped and,、uh, and we knew some folks.、Um, And、uh, about four years ago, we were traveling,、um, and I had brought some of my teacher friends. And my teacher friends would be like,、uh, There's so many empty buildings here. How is it possible that these little towns can survive、uh, economically? How are they making it? And we have this discussion、uh, over dinner with some of my friends.、Uh, in, in, uh, it actually started in, in Oki. And my, my Oki friends would say, if you want, you know, you can have one of those buildings. And, you know, we were drinking and having a jolly time. And we said, and I was a home brewer also, I should mention that. I was a home brewer from,、uh, from 2005. And、uh, so, and I'd always, you know, been making beer, and a lot of people knew that. And so I, I just jumped in. I said, you know, if I could have a building, I would. Make a brewery. And,、uh, and we all laughed about it and joked about it. And we thought that was it. But we rounded that trip out on the Kochi side. And the same discussion came up for dinner. And,、uh, and my Kochi friend said, Wait, don't go to Oki. You should come to Kochi. And we're like, All right, you know, because everything was a joke anyway. And、uh, you know, we just played around with it and we said, Yeah, 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 well,、uh, I'll quit my job and I'll, I'll come, we'll come live in Kochi and I'll start a brewery. So we get back to LA and you know, life's back to normal and I'm teaching and I get a phone call and it's from my friend in Kochi and he says,、uh, I found you a place. And you know, I was absolutely confused because I, I well, what's this guy? What, is he what are you talking about? He says, Remember? You're going to quit your job and you're going to move to Kochi. And I obviously said, Well, we were joking. And he says, No, but I got a good place for you. And I said, Well, okay. Well, what do you wear? And he says, Niolo Gaucho. Water's great there. And I think I found you a building. And you know, it's, you're taking, I was taken aback and I was like, Okay, this is interesting. And、uh, we, we make.、Uh, Trips to Japan pretty often anyway. So I said, I'll tell you what, next, next break I get, we'll, we'll fly out there, we'll, we'll check it out. And this,、uh, this story is so long. So I'm going to just fast forward now a bit. Okay. So yes, we checked it out. And yes, we went back and we thought, wow, that's going to be nice. And,、uh, but we can't do this. There's, you know, I have put 20 plus years into teaching in the public school system in Los Angeles. and I, you know, I only had about five years left to retire.、Uh, and you know, all these 
pieces, right? I love teaching and, um, and we're, you know, we had a home in LA. We had, it, it's just, it was just too much. So, you know, we told my friend, we said, this is not going to happen. Uh, really appreciate you sticking your neck out for us and all that, but um, we can't do this. But little by little, things, you know, kept happening. Like, uh, and again, I'm just going to fast forward because they're all small, but they all, all added up to like, well, you know what? Ultimately, you only live once. And so part of that has to do with funerals. Uh, I, I had been going to too many funerals also. And it made me realize, you know, why wait when you got the chance now? And, uh, and my wife was in, uh, if, if, you know, if, I, if we really, if I wanted to do it, she was in, uh, and, um, without her support, we wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, but, uh, we, we decided to go for it and we spent over a year preparing, um, you know, because we had to sell a whole, you know, the whole transition was pretty tough. Um, but we did it. We moved out here in 2000. 19 and uh we spent about a year and a half preparing um and then finally uh we opened in november of uh last year so here we are wow. yeah that's sorry awesome. that took a little while no, but that's a great story um and i think it's so interesting and important for the listeners to hear that this is possible, right? You can come from America, you can settle in Japan, you can start up a business. And I bet I've seen that you were in some local newspapers as well. Uh, they're welcoming people to move out to the rural areas, especially to start businesses and start bringing in people and offering a service like you're doing. It's awesome. Great job. I'm glad you're there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks. Uh, I think we have sort of a, a unique case because of the the history of coming out here, and you know, over twenty years of uh, a variety of friends who were supportive. You know, we wouldn't have been able to do it without them, obviously. So, uh, but it is true that um, you know our town and uh, our local government uh, entities are, are very supportive of. Uh, outsiders coming in and uh, even recently we have um, these little towns have a, a program called Chiki Okochi Kyoryokutai and uh, they're meant for outsiders to come into little towns and they get uh, grant money from the national government to, to give them a salary to try to pursue some kind of uh, business opportunity or some way to help the community economically um, and socially and stay in this town. Well, uh, when we moved here, the Chiki Okoshi Kyoryokutai program was not open to uh, foreigners because we asked. We're like, wow, there's a program that allows outsiders to come in. And we asked and they said, well, foreigners uh, don't qualify. But since we've been here, um, uh, um, well, actually, he's a friend of mine, uh, and that's an interesting story, too. But uh, he had visited, and uh, he, we went to college together. He's American, Japanese-American like me. 
living in Tokyo. And when he visited with his wife and kid, they were like, wow, this is a great place. And I, I joked with him. I said, you ought to move out here. <laughs> and he's like, well, what kind of opportunities are there? You know, and so Chikyo Kochi Kyoryukutai came up and I told him, yeah, I don't think our town's going to let you get into that program because they told me no. But when he inquired, they said, sure, we'll accept foreigners. And he lives here now. Okay, so our beers are, um, let's see, we have a number series uh, of beers. Uh, numbers is names. And uh, for those, we, we decide to use um, uh, local ingredients as additional flavors. So uh, 439 is a, uh, an IPA made with green tea, and the green tea is picked locally, just locally around here. Uh, we might lose you again because of the thunderstorms, but, um, and, uh, and so that's the green tea IPA. We just put a hint of the, of the green tea just so that you can get a, a, you know, a flavor of it and maybe a little scent of it. Yeah, so it's satsumaimo, and uh, we use a, a lot of satsumaimo so that um, one of the things we noticed is that the, the flavor, um, so we try to put in it enough so that you, you, you get a little bit of uh, maybe a flavor or a scent of it uh, by the time we're done. Um, and that's a 5.5% uh, stout. Um, and uh, our last of the number series is 2410. And that one is, uh, we put Sancho and, uh, and Ginger from this town. And we also add uh, coriander seeds and uh, bitter orange peel to sort of round out the flavor profile. It's pretty spicy. It's a Belgian white style. And uh, it's 5% alcohol. Um, all of those secondary ingredients that I mentioned are pretty local. All, uh, almost all of them are like literally right around here. Um, some of it we pick on our own, uh, like the Sancho. Uh, there was a guy who was doing a Sancho business, but unfortunately passed away. And then we got permission to just pick his Sancho, um, and the satsumaimo, the tea we buy literally right right here from local folks, um, and the ginger also. Uh, the, uh, and then we have two other beers that uh, are regulars. Uh, one's called Santa Monica, um, and the uh, it's called Santa Monica because that's sort of like the recipe that I brewed most commonly, most often, uh, back home. And uh, we called it Santa Monica because um, I think that has a better ring to it uh, compared to Mar Vista, which is where we actually lived is Mar Vista. But uh, I think Santa Monica is sort of, and we're right next to Santa Monica, so we gave it that name. Um, and it's a pale ale. Uh, it's about 6% alcohol and, um, very easy to drink, uh, goes with pretty
pretty much anything that you want to eat. Uh, and uh, then we have Machu Picchu, which is a New England IPA. It's uh, it's hazy. It's light. Um, it's it's full of hops. Uh, it's explosively full of hops. Um, and uh, yeah, we called it Machu Picchu. Oh, so I, I should give you a little more detail on the name. So the Machu Picchu, it, we call it that because um, it, you know one of when I first came to Neolagalachol, um, you know, there's you might be. Well, actually, it's a little cloudy now, so I can't really give you a sense of it. But um, these mountains are extremely uh, steep. And uh, it's amazing always to me, still to this day, that people build homes way up in the these upper areas. And uh, I had visited Machu Picchu a long time ago. Uh, and uh, And that's what it just reminded me of. I was like, wow. This place is like Machu Picchu, except here, people still live up there. <laughs> um, and then to go back to the number series, the 2410 in Japanese would be Ni Yong Do, right? And so it's Niodo, um, which is the beginning part of the name of our town. And uh, mm -hmm. 439 is the major highway that runs through uh, this area. And it's windy, it's mountainous. It is a major highway though, yeah. It's, you know, it's two, it's two lanes, one each way. Uh, um, but 17 uh, is the tricky one. Um, and uh, it, our population uh, was about 5,000, I can't remember the exact number. It's about 5,000 today. It was like 5,300 uh, when I first started investigating this area um and that's how sadly how quickly our population is declining but anyway uh, i divided that by the air that if you look at neolagacho on the map um it's quite spacious it's it's uh you know japan went through that time of uh gape where all these communities had to like come together and form one bigger city or community or town and our town did that with three uh areas um and now we're one big like uh area called neodagacho but the i decided to take the population and divide by the uh the area and the number came out to 17. and just as a perspective if you do this for like somewhere like tokyo it would be like ten thousand. all right so <laughs> so that always struck me i was like wow we only have 17 people per square kilometer that's how many that's how low it is out here uh the sad you know the the hope was that um we would be able to inspire people to move out here uh to try to get that to about 18 or even 19. but the reality is right now we're probably i haven't done the math recently but i think it's about 15 because we do have a a lot of funerals in this area uh it's we're full of old people um and uh, a lot of interesting young people too. So, um, you know, so I'm hoping, uh, you know, anybody listening out there, if you're interested in a great town, uh, you gotta love nature, uh, uh, but this is a great place. That's so great those are our regular beers. Yeah. And then on, and on top your... of this, we have a lot of experimental, yeah. 
Can I just look go, at go your ahead. logo? Sorry. Your logo. So coming from a chemistry background, oh, as someone yeah. who's passionate, passionate about chemistry, is it an easy transition to start brewing commercially? Because you were a home brewer. How's the transition been? No problem? Uh, yeah, the, the transition was, uh, you know, it was tough, but uh, the community, so we had over a year before we moved out to Japan first. So uh, luckily as a home brewer, I had um, my homebrew club community uh, was able to help me, uh, introduce me to some professional breweries in, in the Los Angeles area. And so I got some training over there uh and then moving out here the the homebrew or the brewing community is was also uh quite supportive and so i wrote to many of them and uh all of them or almost all of them wrote back and invited me in and we uh visited discussed and um and for a few some of the places that we actually brew together and uh you know just learned little tricks of the trade together and uh Without them, you know, it would have been much more difficult. Uh, but because of them, uh, our transition wasn't as hard. So that's great to hear. Did you collaborate or connect at all with Rise and Win? They're just over the hill from you in Tokushima, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yusuke. So the guys in Tokushima, Rise and Win is one of them. Um, Second Story is another one, and uh, Kamiyama Beer is another one. Those guys especially, and others too, uh, but those especially were uh, quite helpful. Um, and uh, so I spent some time actually, uh, I guess you could say, mirroring what they're doing and just to see how, like, uh, you know, the practice of beer making looks uh, out here in Japan. Um, and so, yeah, Yusuke over at Rise and Win has been, uh, you know, one of the real big supporters. And, uh, you know, he's he's been out here. Um, um, for our opening, but also real interesting. And uh, something that I, I, I still, you know, I'm, I should have done some more research before uh, talking to you, but I, you're in the sustainability, which is great. And the, so a little side story on Yusuke, he brought his um, uh, Shacho out here. Um, and uh, which um, the reason for that is they were expanding uh, and they have already expanded. Uh, they have a second brewery in, in, uh, in another part of their town. And in order to um, accommodate all the waste that is uh, produced by our you know the, the brewing process they um i told them about what i'm doing which is sort of a um it, it, i i built my own wastewater system I and hear uh about that. tell us about that that's awesome. so he well, they wanted to see it yeah so um i would take you back there but I, i'm afraid um I would lose the internet because I need to be closer to this building. The wastewater system's over there. So I'll just describe. You can see a photo of it on the website. Yeah. Um, oh, got, yeah, you're looking I've at got it. A right photo now. Up. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Tell us about it. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, this, uh, so it's a, I'm, I'm going to give you the background on this. So 
we, uh, when we started discussing um, our, the building of our, our brewery, um, and we, ha we're, we did this in cooperation with the town and the prefecture, uh, and they uh, subsidized the entire building uh, for us, um, which is another sort of interesting long story, but this, this so if you wanna, we could do that later. But because I was involved with the prefecture and the town, we had to do everything by their, within their, with their permission. Um, and uh, when it came to the wastewater, they were telling us we would have to install a wastewater system, a professional wastewater system. And so, well, well, let's get a Mitsumori, which is like an estimate. And it turned out to be uh, and in dollars, that's about $150,000. And uh, that wasn't in our budget. And uh, we had over a year to prepare. And I said, I said to the guys, look, uh, I'm going to build my own system. I know a little bit about chemistry and, uh, and biology and, and, you know, how, and I know how important it is to take care of the environment. We've got a beautiful river out here. We're not going to, I give me a year. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll get this done. And I said that, but I was really nervous because I was like, you know, uh, I just put a little bit of pressure on myself, but let's see what we could do. So began the research of like, okay, well, what's out there and, uh, and did a lot of investigating, um, and realized ultimately I had to sort of experiment on my own. And ex we did like, uh, first of all, I needed waste. So I went to Pat over at second story in Tokushima. I said, Pat, could I have some of your wastewater? And he said, why would you want my wastewater? <laughs> I said, I told him this. And he goes, okay, you could get yeah, all, all the waste that you want. Luckily, he stores his wastewater and he has a vacuum truck come suck it out. That's why I was able to get his. Otherwise, it would be sort of difficult, right? But he, that's the system that he was doing. So I brought some of his wastewater back, um, about 20 liters, and I started doing all sorts of things. The basic things, like I put an aquarium blower in there and then testing. And I needed to test for how it looks, how it smells, uh, but also, most importantly, BOD biological oxygen demand, which gives you an indication of when you throw it back into the river, how, uh, how likely is it that algal and other growth will develop from this waste? And uh, our target was to try to get this to below 20. Uh, it's just the number, so let me just say that that's our target. Um, and so uh, I got together my kit and I actually measured something called COD, chemical oxygen demand, which is almost the same. It's like BOD. Uh, and, um, and so I started doing my testing just to, you know, the first thing is how does it smell? How does it look? Um, but then I needed to test for the COD. And I tried uh, the water plants that are in the river and they work really well, uh, except they die in the winter and I was like you know that's we can't do that we need a system that I could use all the time uh, I contacted some huge companies and some of them responded uh, with like suggestions and some of them of course said well you should buy our stuff and gave me like a $150,000 <laughs> estimate and I said thank you no I can't do that 
ultimately I came up with ozone uh, and, and oxygen and air. And the combination of the biological with the air and the chemical with the ozone and using them in, uh, so our system, if you see, there's four, there's five tanks there. Uh, and I found that if you start with ozone, it sort of breaks the stuff down enough. So then you sound, tank number two is air. And tank number two, so the, the stuff being broken down, um, the bacteria go nuts. They love it. They, they start eating it up. And then tank number three is I give it some air again. And in this process, I got to know um, uh, some professors at Kochi Kosen University. Um, and they uh, ag agreed to lend me um, a micro bubbler or nano bubbler, which gives you extremely tiny bubbles, which is, ex which is really good for bacterial growth. So then it grows even more and it processes the, the effluent even more. Now it's left with this, uh, when we get the tank number four, now, now that we've reduced the COD quite a bit, we got to clean it up so it looks clean and it smells clean. And so the last two tanks are uh, ozone again. And it's, it's unfortunate. I could try, but it's starting, it's not looking good right now. Uh, but I wish I could show you how clear that water gets. So um, if you want, I can do it, uh, but I might lose you. Uh, I think it's okay because so, we have the photos. Yeah, we'll take your word for it. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is awesome to okay. be really filtering out the water uh, to make sure it's pure when it goes back in the pure water in the river. And I, I saw that you said this is not necessary in terms of compliance, right? Like you are doing way above... Oh compliance for this. this oh, is yeah. awesome. Another thing we found out was, um, and just asking and asking and asking until we finally got to the prefectural environmental office. And uh, he was like the authority. And we found out we don't actually have to clean anything. We could literally dump our effluent directly into the river. Uh, but obviously, you know, we don't do that. And uh, we hope nobody else does that. Uh, you know, we, we have such a beautiful river, so can't, you know, don't want, no, don't, I, don't want to, do, yeah. You don't want to do that. That's not good for your brand. That's not good for the community. That's not good for anybody. Um, that's yeah. crazy that they don't have regulations about it. And it's so good that you are figuring out a way yeah. to make the water clean before you put it back because you know how valuable clean water is for making your beer. So it's wonderful that you're giving back clean water back to nature. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I should point out the main reason why there is there are no regulations for us is because we produce so little waste. Like if we produce, I can't remember the number, but it's something like 50 tons of waste per day or more, then there are regulations. Uh, but there's no way we're going to ever reach 50 tons of waste per day. I mean, just reaching one ton is, you know, that's, that's a lot. You would, so, you would need a much bigger uh, brewery probably. Um, yeah, there's, so that's there's why some there's no other, regulation. There's some other things you're doing, which is reducing waste. So for example, uh, you allow people to bring their own containers, like refill containers. I know, 
Rise and Win is doing that in Kamikatsu. You also have washi paper. You have a local maker who makes your washi paper bags. Can you talk about those a little bit? That's great ideas. Yeah, okay. So uh, we, um, we realize that pet bottles are, are everywhere. So instead of actually creating our own growler, uh, why don't we just said, why don't we just have people just bring their own pet bottles? And we bought an adapter for the top, um, which allows us to um, it re-inject carbon dioxide uh, so that uh, you know the beer stays fresher. In fact, if you squeeze the bottle, you could squeeze that little bit of air out until there's no air left close the cap and then inject co2 and now you're pretty much set uh by filling that with just co2 so it works out really well in terms of um you know uh, a little bit of the, the the sustainability idea but also uh beer quality and then our washi bags are um uh there we have a company out here that uh it's there used to be a bunch of them apparently but there's only one left and they're real famous uh because of the way they make their washi and sort of a sustainable way they grow their own kozo and um, mitsumata and harvest everything there and anyway so uh we thought maybe we could team up with them and uh we have and so they make uh some of our bags for us uh we have another guy who um, grows hops for us and his wife makes bags for us too um, but yeah, so the idea is we, we want to team up with as many people, local people as possible to try to really promote our town. Um, I should point out, because uh, I haven't updated the website enough, uh, but um, we have a waste, uh, a grain waste system that uh, we built with the local community. It's, it's about a five minute drive from here. And uh, grain waste after brewing smells horrible. Like uh, within a day, it'll smells like dirty socks, and then it gets even worse right after that. Anyway, it turns into great fertilizer. It's got a lot of nitrogen in it, and uh, but you got to bear out the the one week or two weeks of the bad smell. And we have a farmer who um, picks it up also, but uh, we figured you know the community there's so many local small farms out here uh it might be a good thing for them to be able to just come and pick up our grain waste so you know we talked to the the local leaders here and and they like the idea and so together we built a grain waste system so after every brew now we just load up it's about 200 kilograms per brew we load up my uh my van here and then uh, we drop it off over at the this grain waste system let it sit there for a couple of weeks and then the locals come and pick it up. And yeah. how do they use it? Do they use it as compost in the gardens or farming or do they give it to livestock or animals? Oh no, it's, it's literally, it's, it's just for, uh, uh, the farming. It's, farming. uh, yeah. it, I don't, yeah. Yeah. They always joke. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, wild boar, you know, Shishi, we have wild boar out here and they always joke. You know, the wild boar are going to break down the wall. It's a very simple system. And they're like, they're, the Inoshishi are going to get in there and, and eat it all up. But um, 
it, it gets pretty stinky pretty fast. So uh, uh, as far as we can tell, no Inoshishi are going in there to eat any of it. Yeah. Well, it's such a beautiful area. I'm so glad to hear that you're you're doing so many things to try to reduce waste and really support the other businesses in the local area. This is all really important and really meaningful, not just for your brand, of course, but supporting everybody. Um, showing pictures from your website is so beautiful, especially in spring. Maybe we can come visit by spring when travel starts again after inoculations, right? Gorgeous area. Yeah, it, it really is a, a pretty place uh, throughout the seasons. Uh, winter is pretty too, uh, really cold though. Um, in fact, we have uh, a couple of waterfalls here. Uh, we have a lot, lot of waterfalls, I should point out, uh, with very simple names, Akataki and Shirotaki. And, uh, and they're really uh, beautiful in the the dead in the middle of winter because what when they freeze it looks like it's exploding uh it's like these icicles shooting out and uh the hotel across from us um they do tours uh again in the coldest part of winter uh to go see these uh waterfalls and uh so even the winter is a is a beautiful time um the changing colors the koyo season is uh also really a notable time to to come out here um where the mountains look like they're just you know they're on fire uh and uh we have a lot of momiji which is the maple um and uh it's just it's always beautiful um i i like actually i i like the, the summer also because the green is so intense uh and uh i'm not sure if this is the case but um my eyesight was uh before moving out to japan was sort of sort of getting a little weaker i i would say but since being out here and always surrounded by all of this um my vision has become sharper um and i don't know if it's because of the green but you know the locals say yeah it's the green it's the green's good for your eyes so well it, so anyway it like so it's it's yeah, yeah gorgeous your brewery is in such a beautiful location it's inside the forest it looks like and you've got hydrangea flowers around that you you share on your social media uh did you rebuild completely for this yeah. brewery yeah is it a new build? Oh yeah, so um, it's a new build. Uh, this was a parking lot. Uh, actually, I could show you that right here. This this whole this this was a parking lot, and then um, the building, uh, which maybe you get a little sense of here, um, is brand new, and uh, you know we got subsidized funding for that from the. local it. government awesome. um and uh and since then yeah to build it yeah and since then um like i've done a lot of building projects uh 
like maybe you could see the uh there's um picnic tables here yeah uh there's a little hot yeah oh i'm sitting at the barbecue by the way yeah <laughs> i built this barbecue too um for customers to use and um right now we're working on a a, a walkway down to the river we realize the river the river is like right actually i could walk to the river because that's closer to the the building but um there's a there's the hotel okay um, right so if river. people drink they don't have to drive they can just walk over there and stay right yeah yeah <laughs> they could just stay there and the river is right here beautiful and so uh, we realize there's no walkway, there's no access to the river. I mean, you come close to the river. And so what we're doing is um, we're building a, a stairway down to get to the river uh, nice. right from here. Yeah. So, um, so that's, uh, we're always working on something and that's the, that's the latest project. So, uh, and you you were talking on the website about activities that people can do in the area. So Nioto Adventures has uh, kayaking and pack rafting and uh, canyoning. Is it going through the the water? Um, but you also mentioned swimming, fishing, oh, yeah, other yeah. activities, uh, right? Yeah, there's a up this hill. There's a place that used to be a ski resort, but um, it doesn't snow enough anymore, but uh, they use it now for uh, paragliding. And uh, it's just about 15 minutes up this hill from us. Um, and um, yeah, so a lot of interesting stuff. Hiking, of course. Uh, we do get a lot of fishers here. Um, and uh, we have cornhole that we could set up here. Um, which is a bean bag, throw it into a little hole game. Um, we have some darts. We have, you know, we, we want to make this experience, you know, we want to start with really good beer. But when you come up here, we want you to really enjoy the, the entire atmosphere of this place. And so, uh, you know, we want to set up as much opportunity for fun um, through games, through nature, through, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, so, and then, of course, as I mentioned, uh, you could stay right uh, at the hotel across from us. There, oh, yeah, there's also, that's great. also a campground, just, uh, it's, it's also right here. It's about a minute drive. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Like lots that. to do. And you yeah, could stay for awesome. a while. And uh, as long as there's no electric phones, we should have good internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. You're having a bit of a so, bad weather yeah. day today, right? Um, so for online sales, I saw you well, mentioned yeah. that you might be starting online sales. Is that happening anytime soon or still in the distance? You know, I don't want to make any promises uh, about exactly when uh, because we're, we're expanding our uh, in many shops and uh, mostly restaurants, bars, but a few uh, bottle shops, um, certainly throughout Neodogacho and then neighboring towns and villages. 
Uh, we're also in Kochi City. Um, and we're always expanding. Uh, and that's sort of tying us up uh, with enough to do, I should say. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's we run this with my wife and I, um, and we don't want to overwhelm ourselves with, uh, you know, it's sort of a selfish thing to say that. No, but, no. You have to uh, stay within your, um, your limits, when of course. On, online sales, we start our online sales, we want to be absolutely ready to serve our customers in the best possible way. And right now, we're not quite there, uh, you know, because of these other uh, other uh, ways that we're already selling our beer. Uh, I should also mention we sell through uh, a program called Furusato Noze, which is... Um, I'm not really exactly sure how it works, but it's something like you make a donation to the town. So everybody gets taxed. Uh, we all get taxed, but there's a way to uh, donate offset. your tax dollars yeah. to it our town directly. It yes. offsets the and then tax as dollars. A, yeah. As a it's gift. A there it great. is. Yeah. It's a great idea. So, great idea. And a you good know, way to support local areas like yours. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I'm showing so, uh, uh, in, so yeah, inside, so one, inside your tap room, you have so many different taps. What what is the reason to have so many different taps? Each one is different beers. Yeah, every one is a different beer, but uh, right now we have, um, no, I want to say nine beers on tap. It's the five that I mentioned earlier, and then four others. And uh, <clears throat> we can go up to 16. Um, and uh, with summer break just around the corner, we have, um, we're getting really prepared for that. Uh, we have four more beers that are gonna be added to the lineup. So that'll put us at uh, 13, uh, probably by the end of this next week. Um, wow. And uh, and we're always experimenting on, on new beers, so yeah. What, do you have a most popular? Which one sells the best? Um, not really, it's really strange. Uh, you know, we would have thought that maybe the IPA or the New England IPA would be the most uh, popular, um, but it's and and it is there. It's it's popular, but it's not. You know, uh, strangely, the Satsumai Most Stout um, is really popular. Um, you know, some people can notice the uh, the Satsumai Mo in there, and um, and then others like the the neodo or it's so it's it's uh yeah it's i can't really say one's the most popular um i, I thought great. before coming here you know the yeah. ipa style would be yeah but it's and i i love your labels uh, and your yeah. your brand design uh you said you were working with eugene a local kochi designer was it who helped you with the design of the place yeah 
Yeah, Eugene's from uh, Susaki City, which is in Kochi Prefecture. Uh, but we met him in Los Angeles, uh, actually just before leaving. And uh, we told him about our project, and he says, uh, I'd like to help. And I thought, great, we, we need help. Uh, and uh, this, would, this would be, uh, you know, perfect. You're showing a photo of, um, uh, of us at, in front of Blue Brew. I should mention that we have um, uh, a helper uh, who comes three days a week. Um, and his name is Kai Takaba. He's going to open a brewery in Kochi uh, in a town called or village called Hidaka, uh, which is uh, not too far from here, about 30 minutes from here. And um, he wrote to us and said, I'd like to be able to intern at your brewery. And um, he became a Chiki Okoshi Kyoryokutai uh, for Hidaka Village. And uh, so we worked it out with the village and our our town, uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we always do everything with our town because, you know, from the very beginning, we're, uh, we've gotten so much support from them and we continue to get support from them. Anyway, so we had this big meeting. We said, hey, we want to get another Chiki Okoshi Kyoryokutai from a different town. Is that okay? And they said, well, what's this, what's this all about? And everything works out. And Kai comes three days a week. And uh, he's on his way to opening his brewery by the end of next year. So uh, looking forward to more really good craft beer in Kochi. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I should also point yeah. out there's, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, okay. there are others who are planning to open. There are others who are planning to open a brewery in Kochi uh, who, uh, they reached out to me and then I, you know, we're in contact. And um, so there's one that's going to be hopefully opening in Nangoku city in Kochi and another one in Hidakamura also in Kochi, uh, probably right next to where Kai will open his uh, brewery. So uh, we're the third brewery in Kochi prefecture. Um, but Hopefully, within a few years, uh, that number will be uh, doubled or even more. So that'd be great. Um, it's, it's real great. excited the, about the craft the beer. More, and, the uh, more, the merrier. You guys can support each other, and hopefully, everybody can start doing your filtration system to yeah, purify yeah. water in their area as well. Are others interested in that? Uh, Kai is uh, going to do exactly the same thing. Um, and uh, the others, um, not sure yet, but they, they have expressed interest. Um, and I'm happy to share how we do it. Uh, it's actually a pretty simple system, except there are fine details that have to be uh, fine-tuned. Um, and I'm happy to share that. So. And it, it anybody out cost, there who wants to learn, uh, just reach out. It doesn't cost $150,000, does it? <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you the funniest part of that story. It cost me $1,500 to build that. So we, we ended up spending one one hundredth 
of what it would have cost. Wow. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty economical system and it works really well. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining the, the show today and telling us all the great stuff that you're doing. I hope that you're there for a long time and you can have such a positive effect on the other breweries starting up in the area and bringing people to this rural area where they're having population decline, supporting other small businesses. Everything you're doing sounds great. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Ken. Thanks, thanks. Well, we plan to be here uh, till the end now. So, uh, you know, you know where to find, or hopefully you'll know how to find it. You just go to our website and I, there's a, a section on there on how to get here. So, uh, yeah, hope to, you know, uh, show you guys uh, what kind of uh, paradise we have out here. And hopefully some of you would be inspired to come and uh, join us and, and live out here. It's a wonderful place. So, uh, uh, JJ, thanks for uh, hosting. And, um, you know, uh, now that we're connected, hopefully we'll, we'll see you here uh, sometime soon. And um, I'll keep uh, enjoying your, uh, your uh, broadcast with uh, the interesting people that you are uh, interviewing. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to connect. And definitely, I'm going to come and visit you as soon as I get my vaccine, I'm on my way. Stay for a week. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much. Alrighty. And please say hello to Masako and uh, your other staff. And yeah, hopefully reconnect soon. Okay. Thank you, Ken. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks. For Thanks. Okay. Have a good day. Bye.